section thirteen of the life of ludwig von beethoven volume one by alexander wheelock thayer translated by henry edward crabeel this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter eleven beethoven in vienna personal details death of his father minor expenditures and receipts studies with albrechtsberger and salieri beethoven settles down in vienna it would be pleasant to announce the arrival of ludwig von beethoven in vienna with so to speak a grand flourish of trumpets and to indulge the fancy in a highly coloured and poetic account of his advent there but unluckily there is none of that lack of data which is favourable to that kind of composition none of that obscurity which exalts one to write history as he would have it and not as it really was the facts are too patent like the multitude of studious youths and young men who came thither annually to find schools and teachers this small thin dark-complexioned pock-marked dark-eyed bewigged young musician of twenty-two years had quietly journeyed to the capital to pursue the study of his art with a small thin dark-complexioned pock-marked black-eyed and bewigged veteran composer in the well-known anecdote related by carpani of haydn's introduction to him anton esterhazy the prince is made to call the composer a moor beethoven had even more of the moor in his looks than his master his front teeth owing to the singular flatness of the roof of his mouth protruded and of course thrust out his lips the nose too was rather broad and decidedly flattened while the forehead was remarkably full and round in the words of the late court secretary mahler who twice painted his portrait a bullet beethoven wrote Juncker, confessed that in his journeys he had seldom found in the playing of the most distinguished virtuosos that excellence which he supposed he had a right to expect he now had an opportunity to make his observations upon the pianists and composers at the very headquarters then of german music to improve himself by study under the best of them and by and by to measure his strength with theirs he found very soon that the words of the poet were here also applicable tis distance lends enchantment to the view and did not find now mozart was gone what he supposed he had a right to expect for the present however we have to do but with the young stranger in a large city seeking lodgings and making such arrangements for the future as shall not be out of due proportion to the limited pecuniary means at his command if the minute details which here follow should seem to be too insignificant in themselves the bearing they have upon some other future questions must justify their introduction turning again to the memorandum-book the first entries which follow the notes of the journey from bonn to Virgus are merely of necessities to be supplied wood wig-maker coffee overcoat boots shoes pianoforte desk seal writing-desk pianoforte money and something illegible followed by the remark all beginning with next month the next page gives a hint as to the day of his arrival it contains the substance of two advertisements in the wiener zeitung of pianofortes for sale one near the hohenmarkt and two in kramerschen breithaus number two hundred and fifty seven in schlossergassel am graben 
the latter appears for the last time on the tenth of november beethoven was therefore then in vienna but he intends to cultivate the graces as well as the muses the next page begins with this andreas lindner dancing-master lives in the stas am himmel number four fifteen to which succeeds a note evidently of money received from the elector possibly in bonn but more likely in vienna twenty-five ducats received of which expended on november half a sovereign for the pianoforte or six florins forty kreutzer two florins were of my own money the same page also shows him in the matter of his toilet preparing even then for entrance into society black silk stockings one ducat one pair of winter silk stockings one florin forty kreutzers boots six florins shoes one florin thirty kreutzers but these expenses in addition to his daily necessities are making a large inroad upon his twenty-five ducats received and on page seven we read on wednesday the twelfth of december i had fifteen ducats the twelfth of december fell upon wednesday in the year seventeen ninety two omitting for the present what else stands upon page seven here are the interesting contents of page eight and how suggestive and pregnant they are in bonn i counted on receiving one hundred ducats here but in vain i have got to equip myself completely anew several pages which follow contain what upon inspection proves evidently to be his monthly payments from the time when all was to begin next month of which the first may be given as a specimen house rent fourteen florins pianoforte six florins forty nine kreutzers eating each time twelve kreutzers meals with wine six and one-half florins three kreutzers for b and h it is not necessary to give the housekeeper more than seven florins the rooms are so close to the ground death of johann von beethoven beethoven was hardly well settled in his lodgings the novelty of his position had scarcely begun to wear off under the effect of habit when startling tidings reached him from bonn of an event to cloud his christmas holidays to weaken his ties to his native place to increase his cares for his brothers and make an important change in his pecuniary condition his father had suddenly died seventeen ninety two december eighteen obit johannes beethoven says the death-roll of st remigius parish the elector archbishop still in munster heard this news also and consecrated a joke to the dead man's memory on the first of january seventeen ninety three he wrote a letter to court-martial von schall in which these words occur the revenues from the liquor excise have suffered a loss in the deaths of beethoven and eichhoff for the widow of the latter provision will be made if circumstances allow in view of his forty years of service in the electoral kitchen franz ries was again to befriend beethoven and act for him in his absence and the receipt for his first quarter salary twenty-five thalers is signed f ries in the name of ludwig beethoven at the usual time namely the beginning of the second month of the quarter february four but the lapse of johann von beethoven's pension of two hundred thalers was a serious misfortune to his son particularly since the hundred ducats were not forthcoming the correspondence between beethoven and ries not being preserved it can only be conjectured that the latter took the proper steps to obtain that portion of the pension set apart by the electoral decree for the support of the two younger sons but in vain owing to the disappearance of the original document 
and that receiving information of this fact beethoven immediately sent from vienna the petition which follows but which as is mostly the case with that class of papers in the bonn archives is without date several years ago your serene electoral highness was graciously pleased to retire my father the tenor singer von beethoven from service and to set aside one hundred dollars of his salary to me that i might clothe nourish and educate my two younger brothers and also pay the debts of my father i was about to present this decree to your highness's revenue exchequer when my father urgently begged me not to do so inasmuch as it would have the appearance in the eyes of the public as if he were incapable of caring for his family adding that he would himself pay me the twenty-five dollars quarterly which he always did when however on the death of my father in december of last year i wished to make use of your highness's grace by presenting the above-mentioned gracious decree i learned to my terror that my father had misapplied unterschlagen that is to embezzle the same in most obedient veneration i therefore pray your electoral highness for the gracious renewal of this decree and that your highness's revenue exchequer be directed to pay over to me the sum graciously allowed to me due for the last quarter at the beginning of last february your electoral and serene highnesses most obedient and faithful ludwig von beethoven court organist the petition was duly considered by the privy council and with the result indicated by the endorsement ad soup of the court organist l von beethoven the one hundred reichs taler which he is now receiving annually is increased by a further one hundred reichs taler in quarterly payments beginning with january first from the two hundred reichs taler salary vacated by the death of his father he is further to receive the three measures of grain graciously bestowed upon him for the education of his brothers the electoral court chancellery will make the necessary provisions attest p the order to the exchequer followed on may twenty fourth and on june fifteenth franz rees had the satisfaction of signing receipts one for twenty five dollars for january february and march and one for fifty dollars for the second quarter of the year but from this time onward no hint has yet been discovered that beethoven ever received anything from the elector or had any resources but his own earnings and the generosity of newly found friends in vienna these resources were soon needed the remark that two florins of the payment towards the pianoforte were out of his own money proves that he possessed a small sum saved up by degrees from lesson giving from presents received and the like but it could not have been a large amount while the twenty-five ducats and the above recorded receipts of salary were all too small to have carried him through the summer of seventeen ninety three here is the second of his monthly records of necessary and regular expenses in farther proof of this fourteen florins house rent six florins forty kreutzers pianoforte meals with wine fifteen florins and a half three florins made one the sum total being as added by himself eleven ducats and one half florin and yet at the end of the year there are entries that show that he was not distressed for money for instance the twenty fourth october that is reckoning from november first one hundred and twelve florins and thirty kreutzer two ducats for a seal one florin twenty five kreutzers copyist tuesday and saturday from seven to eight sunday from eleven to twelve three florins and the final entry not later in date than seventeen ninety four is three carolines in gold four carolines in crown dollars and four ducats make seven carolines and four ducats and a lot of small change in what manner beethoven was already in seventeen ninety four able to remain in vienna without salary until recalled to quote the elector's words 
will hereafter appear with some degree of certainty but just now he claims attention as pupil of haydn and albrechtsberger the citations made in a previous chapter from the letters of neef and Bischnick, prove how strong an impression beethoven's powers both as virtuoso and composer had made upon joseph haydn immediately after his reaching vienna and no man then living was better able to judge on such points but whether the famous chapel-master just returned from his english triumphs himself a daring and successful innovator and now very busy with compositions in preparation for his second visit to london was the man to guide the studies of a headstrong self-willed and still more daring musical revolutionist was a priori a very doubtful question the result proved that he was not beethoven's studies with haydn the memorandum book has a few entries which relate to haydn on page seven that which contains the fifteen ducats on the twelfth of october seventeen ninety two there is a column of numerals the first of which reads haydn eight groschen the other twelve except a single one all two and on the two pages which happen to have the dates of october twenty four and twenty nine seventeen ninety three are these two entries twenty two kreutzers chocolate for haydn and me coffee six kreutzers for haydn and me these notes simply confirm what was known from other sources namely that beethoven began to study with haydn very soon after reaching vienna and continued to be his pupil until the end of the year seventeen ninety three they indicate also that the scholar whatever feelings he may have indulged towards the master in secret kept on good terms with him and that their private intercourse was not confined to the hours devoted to lessons in haydn's room in the hamburger house number nine ninety two on the no longer existing wasser kunst bastai concerning the course of study during that year nothing can be added to the words of nottebaum allegra musica zeitung eighteen sixteen three to eighteen sixty four founded upon a most thorough examination of all the known manuscripts and authorities which bear upon this question of the manuscripts nottebaum says they are exercises and simple counterpoint on six plain chants in the old modes he must have written more but what on this point there are no indications to be found it may be accepted with considerable certainty that the contrapuntal exercises were preceded by an introductory though probably brief study of the nature of consonances and dissonances for this the last chapter of the first book of fuxes gratis ad parnassum might have served but this as not a bomb would not have sufficed to fill the entire period in view of haydn's predilection for fuchs's system it is not conceivable that there were preliminary exercises say in the freestyle or in the modern keys there remains therefore no alternative but to go back further and opine that the study with haydn began with the theory of harmony and exercises in which the system of philippe emmanuel bach might have been used it is certain says schindler that beethoven's knowledge of the science of harmony at the time when he began his study with haydn did not go beyond thorough base the correctness of this opinion of schindler may be safely left to the judgment of the reader the fact seems to be that beethoven conscious of the disadvantages attending the want of thorough systematic instruction distrustful of himself and desirous of bringing to the test of his novel and cherished ideas had determined to accomplish a complete course of contrapuntal study and thus renew revise and reduce to order and system the great mass of his previous scientific acquirements he would at all events thoroughly know and understand the regular that he might with confidence judge for himself how far to indulge in the irregular to this view long since adopted the results of 
nata bomb's researches add credibility it explains also how a young man too confident in the soundness of his views to be willing to alter his productions because they contain passages and effects censured by those about him for being other than those of mozart and haydn was yet willing with the modesty of true genius to shut them up in his writing-desk until through study and observation he could feel himself standing upon the firm basis of sound knowledge and then retain or exclude according to the dictates of an enlightened judgment beethoven however very soon discovered that also in haydn as a teacher he had not found that excellence which he supposed he had a right to expect rees remembered a remark made by him on this point haydn had wished that beethoven might put the word pupil of haydn on the title of his first works beethoven was unwilling to do so because as he said though he had had some instruction from haydn he had never learned anything from him still more in point is the oft-repeated story of johann schenck's kindness to beethoven related by seyfried in graffers and schilling's lexica and confirmed by schindler which when divested of its errors and dates may be related thus among beethoven's earliest acquaintances in vienna was the abbe josef gelingenick one of the first virtuosos then in that city and an amazingly fruitful and popular composer of variations it was upon him that karl maria von weber some years afterwards wrote the epigram kein thema auf der welt wer schante dein jenny das im pelste allein dich selbst warst du nie no theme on earth escaped your genius airy the simplest one of all yourself you never vary Kuzerny told otto jan that his father once met gelenik tricked out in all his finery whither he inquired i'm asked to measure myself with a young pianist who has just arrived i'll use him up a few days later he met him again well how was it ah he is no man he's a devil he will play me and all of us to death and how he improvises according to zerny gelenik remained a sworn enemy to beethoven it was in gelenik's lodgings that schenk heard beethoven improvise the, for the first time a treat which recalled lively recollections of mozart with many manifestations of displeasure beethoven always eager to learn complained to gelenik that he was never able to make any progress in his contrapuntal studies under haydn since the master too variously occupied was unable to pay the amount of attention which he wanted to the exercises he had given him to work out gelenik spoke on the subject with schenck and asked him if he did not feel disposed to give beethoven a course in composition schenck declared himself willing with ready courtesy but only under two conditions that it should be without compensation of any kind and under the strict seal of secrecy the mutual agreement was made and kept with conscientious fidelity thus far say free we shall now permit schenck to tell his own story in seventeen ninety two his royal highness archduke maximilian elector of cologne was pleased to send his charge louis von beethoven to vienna to study musical composition with haydn towards the end of july abbe gelenik informed me that he had made the acquaintance of a young man who displayed extraordinary virtuosity on the pianoforte such indeed as he had not observed since mozart in passing he said that beethoven had been studying counterpoint with haydn for more than six months and was still at work on the first exercise also that his excellency baron von swieten had earnestly recommended the study of counterpoint and frequently inquired of him how far he had advanced in his studies 
as a result of these frequent incitations and the fact that he was still in the first stages of his instruction beethoven eager to learn became discontented and often gave expression to his dissatisfaction to his friend gelinek took the matter much to heart and came to me with the question whether i felt disposed to assist his friend in the study of the counterpoint i now desired to become better acquainted with beethoven as soon as possible and a day was fixed for me to meet him in gelinek's lodgings and hear him play on the pianoforte beethoven's improvisations thus i saw the composer now so famous for the first time and heard him play after the customary courtesies he offered to improvise on the pianoforte he asked me to sit beside him having struck a few chords and tossed off a few figures as if they were of no significance the creative genius gradually unveiled his profound psychological pictures my ear was continually charmed by the beauty of the many and varied motives which he wove with wonderful clarity and loveliness into each other and i surrendered my heart to the impressions made upon it while he gave himself wholly up to his creative imagination and anon leaving the field of mere tonal charm boldly stormed the most distant keys in order to give expression to violent passions the first thing that i did the next day was to visit the still unknown artist who had so brilliantly disclosed his mastership on his writing-desk i found a few passages from his first lesson in counterpoint a cursory glance disclosed the fact that brief as it was there were mistakes in every key gelinek's utterances were thus verified feeling sure that my pupil was unfamiliar with the preliminary rules of counterpoint i gave him the familiar text-book of joseph fuchs gratis ad parnassum and asked him to look at the exercises that followed joseph haydn who had returned to vienna towards the end of the preceding year was intent on utilizing his muse in the composition of large masterworks and thus laudably occupied could not well devote himself to the rules of grammar i was now eagerly desirous to become the helper of the zealous student but before beginning the instruction i made him understand that our cooperation would have to be kept secret in view of this i recommended that he copy every exercise which i corrected in order that haydn should not recognize the handwriting of a stranger when the exercise was submitted to him after a year beethoven and gelinek had a falling out for a reason that has escaped me both it seemed to me were at fault as a result gelinek got angry and betrayed my secret beethoven and his brothers made no secret of it longer i began my honourable office with my good louis in the beginning of august seventeen ninety two and filled it uninterruptedly until may seventeen ninety three by which time he finished double counterpoint in the octave and went to eisenstadt if his royal highness had sent his charge at once to albrechtsberger his studies would never have been interrupted and he would have completed them here follows a passage afterwards stricken out by schenck in which he resents the statement that beethoven had finished his studies with albrechtsberger this would have been advisable but if it were true gelinek as well as beethoven would have told him of the fact on the contrary he admitted to me that he had gone to herr salieri royal imperial chapel-master for lessons in the freestyle of composition then schenck continues about the middle of may he told me that he would soon go with haydn to eisenstadt and stay there till the beginning of winter he did not yet know the date of his departure i went to him at the usual hour in the beginning of june but my good louis was no longer to be seen he left for me the following little billet which i copy word for word dear schenck it was not my desire to set off to-day for eisenstadt i should like to have spoken with you again meanwhile rest assured of my gratitude for the favours shown me 
i shall endeavour with all my might to requite them i hope soon to see you again and once more to enjoy the pleasure of your society farewell and do not entirely forget your beethoven it was my intention only briefly to touch upon my relations with beethoven but the circumstances under which and the manner in which i became his guide in musical composition constrained me to be somewhat more explicit for my efforts if they can be called efforts i was rewarded by my good louis with a precious gift viz a firm bond of friendship which lasted without fading till the day of his death written in the summer of eighteen thirty a chronological difficulty is presented by shank's story of the cessation of the instruction there can be no doubt that it began towards the beginning of august seventeen ninety three is confirmed by the distinct utterance of shank who errs in the year however particularly by the statement that the study with haydn had already endured six months shank's instruction is said to have lasted till the end of may seventeen ninety four and the definitive mention of the month makes an error improbable but at this time haydn was already long in england while shank's narrative represents beethoven as saying that he intended going to eisenstadt with haydn moreover beethoven was already albrechtsberger's pupil and as such was no longer in need of secret help nevertheless the continuance of the relations with shank is easily possible and they were not likely to be interrupted so long as beethoven remained in vienna this is indicated by the reference to double counterpoint which beethoven did not study under haydn but with albrechtsberger also shank's intimation that if the elector had sent his charge at once to albrechtsberger shows that instruction with the latter had already begun the letter to shank though cast in friendly terms can nevertheless be interpreted as a declination of further services a breaking off of the relationship between teacher and pupil for which the journey to eisenstadt was a welcome excuse but we learn only from shank that beethoven was to make the journey with haydn and he may have been mistaken in this as he was in the year it is very conceivable that beethoven had received an invitation to visit him from prince esterhazy who must surely have got acquainted with him in vienna he who is unwilling to accept this must place the letter and the journey in the last months of seventeen ninety three which is in every respect improbable beethoven's relations with haydn the relations between haydn and his pupil did not long continue truly cordial yet beethoven concealed his dissatisfaction and no break occurred thoughtless and reckless of consequences as he often in later years unfortunately exhibited himself when indulging his wilfulness he was at this time responsible to the elector for his conduct and haydn moreover was too valuable and influential a friend to be wantonly alienated so whatever feelings he cherished in secret he kept them to himself went regularly to his lessons and as noted above occasionally treated his master to chocolate or coffee it was of course haydn who took the young man to eisenstadt and as neve tells us he wished to take him to england why was that plan not carried out did maximilian forbid it would beethoven's pride not allow him to go thither as haydn's pupil did zeal for his contrapuntal studies prevent it or had his relations to the austrian nobility already become such as offered him higher hopes of success in vienna than haydn could propose in london or finally was it his ambition rather to make himself known as beethoven the composer than as beethoven the pianoforte virtuoso pecuniary reasons are insufficient to account for the failure of the plan for haydn who now knew the london public could easily have removed all difficulty on that score neef's letter was written near the end of september seventeen ninety three when already a number of reports had reached bonn that beethoven had made great progress in his art these reports we know from fischenich 
came in part from hyden himself and to that the wish to take his pupil with him to england which was certainly the highest compliment he could possibly have paid him and the utter groundlessness of beethoven's suspicions that hyden was not well-minded towards him as reese says in his notizen page eighty five is apparent yet these suspicions added to the reasons above suggested sufficiently explained the departure of the master for london without the company of his pupil who now january seventeen ninety four was transferred to albrecht's burger in the pretty extensive notes copied from the memorandum book already so much cited there are but two which can with any degree of certainty be referred to a date later than seventeen ninety three one of them is this schuppenzig three times a w week albrechtsberger three times a w week the necessary inference from this is that beethoven began the year seventeen ninety four with three lessons a week in violin playing from schuppenzig unless the youth of the latter should forbid such an inference and three in counterpoint from the most famous teacher of that science seyfried affirms that the studies with the latter continued two complete years with tireless persistency the coming narrative will show that other things took up much of beethoven's attention in seventeen ninety five and that before the close of that year if not already at its beginning his course with albrechtsberger ended studies with albrechtsberger the instruction which beethoven received from albrechtsberger and which was based chiefly on the master's anweissungsur composition began again with simple counterpoint in which beethoven now received more detailed directions than had been given by haydn albrechtsberger wrote down rules for him beethoven did the same and worked out a large number of exercises on two plain song melodies which albrechtsberger then corrected according to the rules of strict writing there followed contrapuntal exercises and free writing in imitation in two three and four part fugue choral fugue double counterpoint in the different intervals double fugue triple counterpoint in canon the last was short as here the instruction ceased beethoven worked frequently in the immediate presence and with the direct cooperation of albrechtsberger the latter labored with obvious conscientiousness and care and was ever ready to aid his pupil if he appears at times to have been given over to minute detail and conventional method it must be borne in mind that rigid schooling in fixed rules is essential to the development of an independent artist even if he makes no use of them and that it is only in this manner that freedom and workmanship can be achieved of this the youthful beethoven was aware and every line of his exercises bears witness that he entered into his studies with complete interest and undivided zeal this was particularly the case in his exercises in counterpoint and imitation where he strove to avoid errors and their beneficial results are plainly noticeable in his compositions several of the compositions written after the lessons disclose how he was led from a predominantly figurative to a more contrapuntal manner of writing there is less of this observable in the case of fugue in which the instruction itself was not free from deficiencies and the pupil worked more carelessly the restrictive rules occasionally put him out of conceit with his work he was at the age in which as a rule suggestion and incitation are preferred to instruction and his stubborn nature played an important role in the premises however it ought to be added that he was also at an age when his genial aptness in invention and construction had already found exercise in other directions even though he did not receive thorough education and fugue from albrechtsberger he nevertheless learned the constituent elements of the form and how to apply them moreover in his later years he made all these things the subjects of earnest and devoted study 
independent of others and in the compositions of his later years he returned with special and manifest predilection to the fugue style nothing could be more incorrect than to emphasize beethoven's lack of theoretical education if while studying with albrechtsberger but more particularly in his independent compositions beethoven ignored many of the strict rules it was not because he was not able to apply them but because he purposely set them aside places can be found in his exercises in which the rules are violated but the testimony of the ear acquits the pupil rules are not the objects of themselves they do not exist for their own sake and in despite of all artistic systems it is the reserved privilege of the evolution of art means and prescient forward genius to point out what in them is of permanent value and what must be looked upon as antiquated nature designed that beethoven should employ music in the depiction of soul states to emancipate melody and express his impulses in the free forms developed by Bach, mozart haydn and their contemporaries in this direction he had already disclosed himself as a doughty warrior before the instruction in vienna had its beginning and it is very explicable that to be hemmed in by rigid rules was frequently disagreeable to him he gradually wearied of creating musical skeletons but all the more worthy of recognition yea of admiration is the fact that the young composer who had already mounted so high should by abnegation of his creative powers surrender himself to the tyranny of the rules and find satisfaction in conscientious practice of them not a bomb summed up his conclusions from the investigation which he made of beethoven's posthumous papers thus prefacing that after seventeen eighty five beethoven more and more made the manner of mozart his own he continues the instruction which he received from haydn and albrechtsberger enriched him with new forms and media of expression and these effected a change in his mode of writing the voices acquired greater melodic flow and independence a certain opacity took the place of the former transparency in the musical fabric out of a homophonic polyphony of two or more voices there grew a polyphony that was real the earlier obligato accompaniment gave way to an obligato style of writing which rested on a greater extent on counterpoint beethoven has accepted the principle of polyphony his part writing has become pure and it is noteworthy that the compositions written immediately after the lessons are among the purest that beethoven ever composed true the mozart model still shines through the fabric but we seek it less in the art of figuration than in the form and other things which are only indirectly associated with the obligato style similarly we can speak of other influences that of joseph haydn for instance this influence is not contrapuntal beethoven built upon his acquired and inherited possessions he assimilated the traditional forms and means of expression gradually eliminated foreign influences and following the pressure of his subjective nature with its inclination towards the ideal he created his own individual style as is known say fried in his book entitled ludwig von beethoven's studien im generalbasse which appeared in eighteen thirty two gathered together all that was to be found in the way of exercises excerpts from textbooks etc in beethoven's posthumous papers and presented them in so confused and arbitrary a manner that only the keenness and patience of a not a bomb could point the way through the maze Seyfried would have us believe that the entire contents of his book belonged to the studies under albrechtsberger it will require no waste of words says not a bomb to prove the incompatibility of such a claim with the results of our investigations as a matter of fact only the smallest portion of the studies can be traced back to the instruction which beethoven received from albrechtsberger 
the greater part had nothing to do with this instruction and aside from the changes made belongs to the other labors in the smaller portion seyfried made things as easy for himself as possible he took only such as he had found cleanly copied or legibly written and omitted those which were difficult to decipher because of many corrections this is the explanation of the fact that seyfried did not include a single exercise in strict simple counterpoint if all the passages bearing on the course followed under albrechtsberger were brought together and all the errors made in the presentation overlooked we should still have but a fragmentary and faulty reflection of that study neither need we enter upon a discussion of the marginal notes attributed to beethoven which so plentifully besprinkle say fried's book the fact is that in all the manuscripts which belong to the studies under albrechtsberger not one of the sarcastically thrown out marginal notes is to be found the glosses which do appear as beethoven's are of a wholly different character from those printed by seyfried they show that beethoven was deeply immersed and interested in the matter it would indeed be inexplicable what could have persuaded beethoven to continue study with a teacher with whom as seyfried would have us believe he was in conflict already at the beginning of simple counterpoint he had it in his power to discontinue his studies at any moment a doubt has been hinted above whether beethoven's studies under albrechtsberger were continued beyond the beginning of the year seventeen ninety five if all these exercises and counterpoint fugue and canon and all those excerpts from Fuchs, c p e bach turk albrechtsberger and kernberger at which seyfried made the basis of his studium and mingled in the confusion inextricable by any one possessing less learning patience sagacity and perseverance than nottebaum had already belonged to the period of his pupilage their quantity alone taken in connection with the writer's other occupations would indeed preclude such a doubt but knowing that perhaps the greater portion of those manuscripts belongs to a period many years later and considering the great facility in writing which beethoven had already acquired before coming to vienna there seems to be no indication of any course of study which might not easily be completed during the one year with haydn and schenck and one year with albrechtsberger schoenfeld in the jahrbuch der tonkunst für wien und prague supposes that beethoven was still the pupil of the latter at the time when he wrote which was in the spring seventeen ninety five his words are an eloquent proof of his beethoven's real love of art is a circumstance that he has placed himself in the hands of our immortal haydn in order to be initiated into the sacred mysteries of composition this great master has in his absence turned him over to our great albrechtsberger there is nothing decisive in this and yet it is all that appears to confirm the two years of seyfried while on the other hand wegler who during all the year seventeen ninety five was much with beethoven has nowhere in his noticing any allusion whatever to his friend as being still a student under a master referring to the number of pages of exercises and the three lessons of week not a bomb calculates the period of instruction to have been about fifteen months inasmuch as among the exercises and double counterpoint in the tenth there is found a sketch belonging to the second movement of the trio opus one number two which trio was advertised as finished on may ninth seventeen ninety five it follows that the study was at or near its end at that date the conclusion of his instruction from albrechtsberger may therefore be set down at between march and may seventeen ninety five the third of beethoven's teachers in vienna was the imperial chapel master anton salieri but this instruction was neither symptomatic nor confined to regular hours beethoven took advantage of salieri's willingness to give gratuitous instruction to musicians of small means 
he wanted advice in vocal composition and submitted to salieri some settings of italian songs which the latter corrected in respect of verbal accent and expression rhythm metrical articulation subdivision of thought mood singableness and the conduct of the melody which comprehended all these things having himself taken the initiative in this beethoven devoted himself earnestly and industriously to these exercises and they were notably profitable in his creative work thereafter also in his german songs he treated the text with much greater care than before in respect of its prosodic as also of its contents and the prescribed situation and acquired a good method of declamation the salieri's influence extended beyond the period in which beethoven's style developed itself independently cannot be asserted since many other and varied influences made themselves felt later this instruction began soon after beethoven's arrival in vienna and lasted in an unconstrained manner at least until eighteen o two at even a later date he asked counsel of salieri in the composition of songs particularly italian songs according to an anecdote related by Cazzerini. at one of these meetings for instruction salieri found fault with the melody as not being appropriate to the air the next day he said to beethoven i can't get your melody out of my head then herr von salieri replied beethoven it cannot have been so utterly bad the story may be placed in the early period but it appears from a statement by Maschels that beethoven still maintained an association with salieri in eighteen o nine Maschels, who was in vienna at this time found a note on salieri's table which read the pupil beethoven was here Ries, speaking of the relations between haydn albrechtsberger and salieri as teachers and beethoven as pupils says i knew them all well all three valued beethoven highly but were also of one mind touching his habits of study all of them said beethoven was so headstrong and self-sufficient that he had to learn much through harsh experience which he had refused to accept when it was presented to him as a subject of study particularly albrechtsberger and salieri were of this opinion the dry rules of the former and the comparatively unimportant ones of the latter concerning dramatic composition according to the italian school of the period could not appeal to beethoven it is now known that the dry rules of albrechtsberger could make a strong appeal to beethoven as appertaining to theoretical study and that the old method of composition to which he remained true all his life always had a singular charm for him as a subject of study and investigation here as in many other cases the simple statement of the difficulties suggests their explanation beethoven the pupil may have honestly and conscientiously followed the precepts of his instructors in whatever he wrote in that character but beethoven the composer stood upon his own territory followed his own tastes and impulses wrote and wrought subject to no other control he paid albrechtsberger to teach him counterpoint not to be the censor and critic of his compositions and reese's memory may well have deceived him as to the actual scope of the strictures made by the old master and have transferred to the pupil what fully thirty years before had been spoken of the composer as has been mentioned beethoven's relations with salieri at a later date were still pleasant the composer dedicated to the chapel master the three violin sonatas opus twelve which appeared in seventeen ninety nine nothing is known of a dedication to albrechtsberger according to an anecdote related by albrechtsberger's grandson hirsch beethoven called him a musical pedant yet we may see a remnant of gratitude toward his old teacher and beethoven's readiness to take an interest in his young grandson we have now to turn our attention to beethoven's relations to viennese society outside of his study End of section thirteen